Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers. And boy, I'm, I'm very excited uh, for today's show because this today's show, let me tell you the story behind the story. So today's show was a, uh, a direct referral from a previous guest that I had on here. Uh, Marquette Shepard. And so uh, she introduced me to our guest today. And I'm just excited when it works like that. You know, it's, it, it just extends the sense of community. And, and that, that really excites me. Um, so today's topic is Black women and self-care with my guest today, Dr. Janice Adams. Black Women in Self-Care with Emmy Award-winning journalist, historian, and author Dr. Janice Adams is a powerful journey into healing through history. Janice, throughout her life as a Black woman, has used the traumas and ills of her personal experience, along with her investigations into history as a journalist, to discover the patterns of the past, which not only impact and inform the present, but can serve to empower, heal, and transform the future for Black women. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Miss Janice. Emmy Award-winning journalist, historian, entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and best-selling author of 11 books, Dr. Janice Adams is the host of public radio's The Janice Adams Show and podcast. A frequent on-air guest, she has appeared on ABC, BET, CBS, CNN, Fox News, NBC's The Today Show, and NPR's All Things Considered. With more than 500 articles, essays, and columns to her credit, her work has been featured in Essence and Ms. Magazines, The New York Times, Newsday, US Today, USA Today, and the, New, and the Washington Post. Her syndicated column ran in the Hearst newspapers for 16 years. Her commentary has been broadcast on CBS and NPR and published in the Huffington Post. Her book, Glory Days, 365 Inspired Moments in African-American History, was licensed by McDonald's and reached more than 3 million readers. A pioneer of issue-oriented African-American and women's programming, she has hosted her own radio and television talk shows for more than 10 years. Her series, Milestones in African-American Business History, ran on public radio's Marketplace. Her 19-hour International Women's Day Marathon broadcasts brought her to NPR, where she became the network's first national arts correspondent, and open the New York News Bureau. Woo-wee! 
And, and that's just a warm-up round, but I'm going to stop there. Please help me welcome my special guest today, Dr. Janice Adams. Janice, welcome to the show, my dear. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's, it's, it is so much a pleasure. I know right before we started the show, uh, my producer, Christine, she had mentioned that, you know, Bill is a pro. And I thought, well, once she reads this bio, she'll understand that, no, I'm a student today because you are truly a master at this game. So uh, it is truly an honor to have you here. And I'll try not to embarrass myself. So, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Two troopers at it. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. So, so Janice, I, I truly am. I don't, I don't want to stay in the, the sort of rolling around on the floor in the love fest, but it really is an honor. And when I look at uh, your background and, and listen to these credentials and having had the benefit of a, a conversation with you prior, I, I really am honored. And I would like for you to sort of set this up because our topic today being Black women and self-care is, is something I, I, I've never been a Black woman uh, and I'm not saying that as a, you know, for a cheap joke, but I do um, put myself in the, the learner's category in this particular way. So I know that that journey begins early on and then walks you through probably the pathway of your life as you have walked it. So um, I would just ask that you sort of get us started in that, uh, on that journey, and then We'll probably uh, that'll probably take up most of our first segment, and then uh, we'll dive a little bit deeper into the second in in our well, second segment. So. Well, thank you, Bill. Um, you know, I mean, so much of what we talk about uh, in this case as a black woman and self care begins obviously with being black people and self care, and this being Mental Health Awareness Month, it, it is a uh, a notable topic, especially because for so long we have not allowed ourselves or been allowed to just feel the basic human emotions that anybody else would know that they were going to feel given the history to which we have been subjected. Mm. So we, as, as a people, um, we've been denied not only our humanity, but even in the aftermath. For survival, many of us have not taken the time to give ourselves permission to actually grieve mm. for so much that we have experienced, whether men or women. In, in this particular case, though, when we talk about women and self-care, I'm looking at it in, in that historic context and what that means to us today. Uh, this past Sunday, an op-ed of mine ran in Maria Shriver's newspaper. It was called an open letter to Breonna Taylor's mother mm. and other mothers of loss on this Mother's Day. And in a country where on average one black unarmed person is being killed per week right now, We've got a lot of mothers of loss. We have a lot of fathers of loss. And, you know, those of us who are fortunate enough, and, and I say that with, um, with great trepidation, because who knows when or if 
We hope not. Our names will be called for this unwarranted and unwanted fellowship. Mm. But we are, you know, it, it is the struggle of how do we deal with keeping on? How do we deal with learning to breathe again? How do we give the proper exhalation? How do we um, just each and every day get up remembering that no matter the, um, I'm going to say it, the depravity of our society mm-hmm. with its racial extremism, no matter the fact that this is year 402 in terms of this sojourn, we still have to remember that every day is cosmically a gift and make it so in our own lives and space. And so when I speak of the self-care, I am speaking of the need for all of us to be in a certain way quite selfish for the good of us all. You know, that's very interesting, Janice. You, when you, you touched on the, uh, the regularity and the frequency of the, the killing of black people in America. And I, there was a show that I did some time ago, which was a direct result of that. I was watching uh, the television and um, in the middle of the afternoon, and I was watching another killing uh, on, and within uh, just a, a few moments, I felt like this, this, dark cloud descend on me and it was descending with lightning speed. Um, And it literally rendered me motionless, silent. And I recognized that it was sort of a level of a depression that just kind of came in like a semi truck. And I realized that I needed to do anything I could do as quickly as possible to try to pull myself up out of this, because if I allowed this, this uh, undertow to uh-huh. pull me under, I don't know if I could have survived or come up, you know, so that it took me about seven hours of just really clawing at this thing before I could come up for air. And, yeah. but it, but it perpetuated a show um, that I did actually two shows back to back and it was on silence. The shows were all about the topic part one and two of silence. And I did not understand immediately what was going on, but I, within a couple of days understood exactly what had happened. And it was the idea that could we be normalizing this frequency of killing now this is all post george floyd so so i mean mm-hmm. are, are we looking at you know the the abc movie of the week in in its new form the you know the the killing of the week and is this a, is this a daily dose of our our amusement now i mean is that where our humanity so that's what this thing did was it really was an elephant that stepped on my chest and um so when you said that and we talked, you, you mentioned grief around that boy. I, it just took me to that. So I just wanted to share that back to you because that was something 
that uh, I, I wanted to, to frame that you said, because that frequency is uh, it, it, it's unacceptable and it's inhumane and it's it is um, devastating to the spirit. Um, and so I, I just wanted to 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 add that because that that really did um, do me in. So I apologize for. No, please. I mean, it is what it is what we do need to talk about in the uh, when you say the silence it, on another level on that article that I mentioned, the Brianna Taylor's yeah. mother article. Um, it was prompted by a question that a friend had asked. She said, what would you tell Brianna Taylor's mother, knowing what you know about history, et cetera, et cetera, what would you tell Brianna Taylor's mother on Mother's Day? And when she asked that question, I literally was stumped because, but then after, because thankfully my daughters, my grandchildren, my my children, my grandchildren are alive, mm -hmm. um, thankfully. But at the same point, I do know other people who've been killed, um, not necessarily by police in my direct line of sight, but, you know, unduly killed by America, by racism, right. without question, I know that. Um, and but at the same point, I could not feel her pain. I did not want to seem presumptuous in, in trying to answer this question. But the more I thought of it, I really was becoming mute almost. It wasn't just um, the, the, the um, etiquette of whether or not I should speak about this. And what I realized is that my silence was coming from my fear that like some errant God would hear me say, my children are, are alive and say, I'll fix that, mm. you know, be, that kind of thing. And, yeah. and the more that kind of seized me, that terror that my name would be called, you know, or my children's name would be called for me or whatever, because this is happening. This is so insidious and so deliberate. Um, there is no question in my mind that it's deliberate. Um, yeah. I lived in, I have lived in some of the most elite zip codes in this country. So I get a little touchy when people try to conflate poverty and the behavior of the police as though it is the fault of people who have not been allowed to earn more money than they're being than they're earning. It's right. not their fault. Right. And I remember being in in the newsroom of a newspaper in Wilton, Connecticut, and hearing a police scanner and saying over and over again, male black looks suspicious. Male black looks suspicious. And I was there another day because that was when I first started my wow. column and I was writing. Same thing. Essentially, these police were hunting. And I know that because, first of all, there were so few male Blacks in to look suspicious or otherwise. And if we remember that Elijah McLean, that lovely spirit and soul who was playing his violin for the animals, was 
killed for looking suspicious, then we understand the context in which this takes place. Right. And I know the number of my guests who were stopped on my way on their way to my home for quote looking suspicious and one time pulled into my driveway and were followed by police at gunpoint. Yes. So it's, it, it's you know, yeah, we see this as as a well, it's certainly systemic, right? I mean, I mean, we we just see the frequency yeah. of it, and and anybody, you know, is every and everybody becomes suspicious. I, I want to touch. I want to. We're going to have to hit a break right now, but when we come back, I hope that you're able to to uh, well, you continue with where we left off the conversation. But I hope that you have pulled up that letter. I, I I'm very curious to hear that that letter to uh, Brianna Taylor's mother because I think that may very well be something that would uh, that we need to hear in response to all of 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 the of what occurred before and that silence that you just spoke of so we'll be back in just a minute you're listening to bill myers inspires with my special guest today dr janice adams we'll be right back in just a moment today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives from our health to political unrest the environment financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and I'm here with my guest today, Dr. Janice Adams. Okay, Janice, I'm, 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 you've got the floor, my dear. 
you asked me um, before the break to read from this op-ed that I had written. It, it was published on Sunday, Mother's Day, in Maria Shriver's Sunday paper. Mm -hmm. And um, A letter to Brianna Taylor's. I have not read it out loud, but I'm going to read it out loud now. <laughs> no, um, an open letter to Brianna Taylor's mother and all our mothers of loss this Mother's Day. Dear Miss Tamika, a friend asked, what would you say to Brianna Taylor's mother on Mother's Day? I was stumped. I could not know your pain. It would be presumptuous of me to think I could. A mother, a grandmother, my children and grandchildren are alive. Then just as that thought came to me, my mind shuttered every door and window through which an answer might come. Seized with fear, I went mute. Like most of us as African-Americans, I know police brutality, America's centuries-old state-sanctioned terror against its citizens of color. I know this too. Up until the moment you learned police had killed your daughter, we shared the same grief and fear that America would take our babies from us, would pull them in only to spit them out. America would wipe its mouth, its hands, and leave the table to scrape clean its plate of all that went before, as so very much has. Knowing what I did, would I be tempting errant gods and their human emissaries to put me on the list of retribution? Would they take my simple statement of grateful fact as boast and steal my joy? That's what the shutters were keeping out. Memories feared storming in. Personal encounters and more. Too many more. I remember the 1955 photo of Mamie Till Bradley collapsing under the weight of grief at the open casket of her 14-year-old son, his face swollen beyond recognition, kidnapped from his granduncle's home, his eyes was gouged out, his forehead was bashed in, he was shot and his body thrown into a river for, quote, whistling at a white woman. Finding his body in the Tallahatchie, the local sheriff, without permission from Emmett's family, ordered his immediate burial. Emmett's mother called everyone up to the governor to stop the funeral. The sheriff relented, shipping the child's body to Chicago with orders not to open the casket. Mamie Till Bradley did. And what she saw so sickened her that she wanted the world to see it too. Lynching was not a victimless, nameless act. It bore the face of a 14-year-old child. Neither are such shields of contract and custom as qualified immunity, no-knock warrants, the blue wall of silence, and the refusal of local and state officials to prosecute and hold accountable the police officers who killed your daughter, nor are they victimless or nameless acts. They bear the face of a bright, beautiful, energetic, hardworking, 26-year-old young woman with dreams for her future, your daughter, Brianna Taylor. This goes on. Do you want me to continue? Wow. Sure. I mean, if you don't mind, I mean, it's that's powerful stuff. And I, I'm just, 
Wow. Yes, please. I you... will continue. It It is clearly no hearts and flowers Mother's Day card, but it is the reality. And I would like to continue because I don't want to leave it just in the past. The rest of the article brings it toward our future. Sure. Yes, so, please. But continuing on the story of Mamie Till, the Jet Magazine cover of Emmett tattooed on the psyches of my generation was our George Floyd moment. George Floyd's primal scream calling for his mother did not reach the four officers involved in his killing, but it was heard worldwide. Mothers, fathers, daughters, sons in cities and towns all across the globe rallied to George's call. For centuries of legalized political, social, economic, and physical brutality designed to keep Blacks in our place and exploited, people had accepted the official American take on the, tour, on the story. A fiction is seen through the eyes of the perpetrators of the terror, not through the lives of the terrorized. It was a story that banked on economic and political assets to cover moral deficits. Some, aware of the reality, glorified it. Dare we forget that in the buildup to their final solution, Nazi Germany took its inspiration from America to determine its laws and actions? And I deliberately hyperlinked that, should anybody question me on it? With, with Emmett, the world began asking questions. With your daughter and George Floyd, such questions were answered. Attempts to bury Emmett's murder then was our Brianna Taylor reality check now. With every such official expression of racism and violence, the public is encouraged to tease out the guilt of the victim, not the contributing politics of our justice systems. Louisville, Kentucky's mistreatment of your daughter's case stated unequivocally, you can come home from work, watch TV in bed, have your door stormed, be killed, have the system protect your killers without trial, and still, 14 months later, see not one officer charged. This even as police killings of demonstrators and supporters have continued. Thankfully, Ms. Tamika, because of your tenacity and persistence, two weeks ago, your voice was heard at the federal level. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced the Department of Justice's decision to open a, quote, pattern of practice investigation, end quote, into the Louisville government and police department to assess the all types of force used by LMPD officers, including use of force in individuals on individuals engaged in activities protected by the First Amendment, as indeed some First Amendment demonstrators have been very much attacked by police. In this reality check, I knew what I needed to say to you. Thank you, Tamika Palmer, Miss mm. Tamika. Thank you for not succumbing to grief, no matter how deep your pain. Thank you for making your story known, no matter how badly you may ache for privacy. Thank you for holding the system to account, knowing as we await the outcome, the struggle and your oversight must go on. Thank you for keeping your daughter's name in our sight 
for the sake of lesser known black women victims of police killings and misconduct. Hashtag say her name. Thank you for telling us that Brianna was one of a kind and one among peers, that she is all our daughters and all our sons. Thank you for loving your daughter enough to protect mine in the only way we have come to know how, by keeping our own counsel, no matter what the powers that be would use their power to do and not do. And thank you for taking your unwanted place with grace, determination, and dutiful rage. Link in an unbroken chain, Sister of Sorrow from 1619 to Mamie Till Bradley to tomorrow, for we know more will come. And thank you for the opportunity to come to my own reality check. For as I write this letter to you, I know the question isn't what will I say, it's what must I do? Throughout the Caribbean, possibly other regions too, there are traditional ring games where a ring or circle is formed. As the players chant a rhyme and clap in time, someone is called into the ring, never knowing who will be next. One such game says, come in and show me your motion. A cat Whatever you can do is your contribution to the game, is showing your motion. A casual observer watching the center player might miss the role of the ring, might not understand its role in keeping the game going and cheering each other on. Just one among growing numbers of fathers, mothers, families, friends, caring fellow humans, human beings who do not know when or if, but fear that we too may be called into the circle. I know I must be mindful of things often taken for granted. I remind myself to watch my language, be careful, the, when the words black and white, be careful of the words black and white. When black is used for all things negative and white for purity and innocence. Rethink how words mask truths. You don't import people like cheese or olive oil as they said of the slave trade. Africans were kidnapped. The American slave human trafficking. Africans were not born slaves, they were enslaved at birth. Enslaved people and their descendants are not inanimate objects, nothing. We are people, we are like Brianna, someone's child. Reject denial. The issue isn't imposing 21st century ideas on 18th century life. What 21st century people are demanding is that remembering is that we remember that while some 18th century people believed in enslaving others, other 18th century people, notably those enslaved, did not. Reject policies enacted in the name of religion to cover up the trampling of fundamental human rights. There is not a religion in the world that does not have at its core, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. 
hold police accountable by holding us all accountable for how we raise, train, and hire police officers. Training does not stop police brutality. Screening people with, pre, with pre-existing racist tendencies does. Listen, learn, respect everyone. When I write and speak about such things as these, I'm always asked to, asked to offer a message of hope. I'm reluctant, not because I don't believe in hope. Who doesn't need hope? But because the ask skips a step. All too often, what some really want is a first-class ticket on an express train to hope bypassing stations of conscious thought, self-awareness, responsibility, moral imperative, and the participatory demands of what is truly required of a citizen. My job is not to make excuses for my country, nor to offer revisionist denials of culpability. It's to help us get past our past through healing. It's to give us the fuel we need to confront the uncomfortable, to own what is happening around us, confront it, atone for it, heal from it, and grow so we can all move on. From that vantage, I think back to 1999, when four plainclothes New York City policemen killed an unarmed African immigrant, Amadou Diallo on the front porch of his own home. A hail of 41 bullets pumped into his body set him twirling on an axis of history. A bench trial heard by a sole judge exonerated the officers, finding their acts reasonable. Mm. The four testified that the man knew, that the man they knew they had wrongfully killed slithered around his porch. He was a snake. Mm. I was in studio with my producer preparing a show about the event. Each time she spoke Diallo's name, before she could catch herself, she'd called him Diablo. He was a devil. This week, sending off a quick text on a cell phone manufactured as are most abroad, I began typing in the letters G-R-E-O-N when my spell check replaced my type, replaced my typo with Brianna. Reluctant to call it hope, I'll call it consciousness. My thanks to you, Miss Tamika, and to your far too many sisters of sorrow who know what you have come to know. Because you insisted that we remember your daughter's life, because the, the circle has come together to hashtag say her name, the truth of police violence in America has gone global, putting the story at the world's fingertips for all to see. For that, I take hope. Happy Mother's Day to you and your family, to your sisters of sorrow. You have given birth to more than we may ever know. Amen. 
You know, that is that is fantastic. We, we are going to take a break right now. Um, we are here today discussing Black women and self-care with Dr. Janice Adams. We'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers, and I am talking about black women and self-care with my special guest, Dr. Janice Adams. Janice, that, you know, uh, thank you for blessing us with reading that aloud because as as you started it, I realized that um, that's the way God planned it, a uh, song Billy Preston wrote. And uh, I don't know if... If there could be anything better than sharing that letter as we're discussing Black women and self-care. So uh, I want to thank you for that um, that article, and um, I'm sure uh, it blessed everyone's ears who heard that and hopefully others that read it on Maria Shriver's publication. So uh, so let's uh, so now we can we will we will uh, take it from there. But again, I can't thank you enough. That was that was awesome. I mean, really powerful. And again, 
as just in our subtitle for the show today, as we talked about history and healing. And that that letter, it was every bit, the title, the subtitle, and every so it was just like, wow, that's the centerpiece of the show today. I didn't know it, and I don't think you did either, but I think that that is really a wonderful thing. And I'm glad that we took the time to to frame out and, and allow that to be heard because I think that again, uh, it wasn't just for my listening, but I think for others to really be able to hear that because there will be folks who don't come across Maria Shriver's publication and maybe they'll, they'll catch it here and maybe they'll tell somebody, but what a blessing that was. So anyway, so now carry on my dear, carry well, on. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to, to read it. I, I, um, I um, didn't know I was going to read it. I have not previous, it just ran Sunday and I had not, except in my own, you know, reading of it to write it, had sure. not read it out loud. And so thank you for, for a double reason also, because not only to be able to present it, but because when you asked me to read it, what I was about to say was that the fear that I too could be touched by this had made me silent. And then I realized after really thinking about it, thinking about the place to which I had gone, which is much like what you were talking about before about that seven hour journey mm -hmm. into perhaps things you did not want to remember I know that was my case, um, that I then realized that that fear, that silencing by fear is what racism and sexism are for. And that if I allowed myself to go silent on, on that piece of all pieces, I had I had let them win. Yeah, absolutely. And King talked about that when he talked about, you know, when you're silent about things that matter most. Things that matter the most. You, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and it takes great courage to, to wade through that. I mean, as you were sitting there, I'm going, I'm glad she's reading it, not me. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> it take me a while to get through that. Um, so thank you so much. And like I said, what a blessing that is for, for everyone else. So you, so we are going to continue on this path here uh, from this place. And I think that you have some other information and activities because what I'm going to do is I think we're going to skip our next break and just kind of use the next 10 minutes or eight minutes or so and just stay with it. So I know that you oh. have mentioned to me that you have, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was, I just said, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it, it's, it's all good. It's all good. And uh, so I think that you had mentioned to me that you have um, uh, a, a book club. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up these, these things because I think they are also for, from addressing, uh, you know, uh, black women and, and self-care. And I think that sharing stories and creating dialogues is 
a powerful part of healing because silence will not work. It will not it work. Will not work. No. So it must be shared. It must be shared. And so I know that you had uh, mentioned to me that you started or you have a book club. Certainly you could have a book club just reading all your books. I mean, you've written a library. So I mean, <laughs> anyway, you know, I'm still upset because I haven't written one yet. So we'll talk about how to get me. Uh, we'll past talk that, about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this book club, actually, this is my work copy. So it's very thumbed um and tabbed and everything else but i have written three books in this series the 365 inspired moment series this particular one sister days Uh is 365 inspired moments in african-american women's history i wrote one that was a general extended history uh i and that was called Glory Days. Then I wrote one on the extended civil rights era called Freedom Days. And then the third one in the series has been devoted to African-American women. And it was inspired by a quote from Septima Clark when I was writing the book on the civil rights era. This, the woman who's called the mother, mother consciousness, uh, uh, is what she's called. And she is one of the people who actually trained not only Rosa Parks, but Dr. King at the Highlander Institute, a Black woman. And she said that were it not for Black women, the movement would not have happened. And mm-hmm. when you, and she's actually correct. And when you, um, when you look at the way the history of the movement is taught, it is very male dominated. I mean, of course we're supposed to talk about Dr. King, John Lewis, Stokely Carmichael, but how many know the name Diane Nash? You know, how many know um, Kathleen Cleaver in her earlier incarnation before she was married to to Eldridge Cleaver and a member of the Panthers? uh, uh, even someone like Condoleezza Rice came out of Birmingham knowing the family of the four little girls who were killed in Birmingham, you know? Yeah, so yeah. This, is, this is a part of our history. And from that, I decided I would write this book, Sister Days. The response to it told me wait a minute, there's something else happening here. This book, I would have people from the previous books too, but even more so with Sister Days, I would have people come up, women come up to me with grief on their faces saying, if I had only known, um, why didn't someone tell me who we are? And and I've had that with men too. but with this book, something changed in the dynamic. And maybe it was because women felt more comfortable coming up to another woman. Maybe it's because men would not have felt comfortable in the same way, in the same numbers, coming up to a woman. But when they did, it told me that this book had changed the way our history was told, our history was told. Uh-huh. It, has, it had changed. It gave me the privilege of knowing that my book had changed the way women see each other each and every day. 
because it's not only 365 inspired moments, but for leap year, it's 366. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that is that was the inspiration that for for thinking I needed to do something else. I then thought about it as a club because of book clubs in general, but because so much empowerment comes in those book club settings. Then I learned that the very first known book club was created by African-American women in 1831 in Philadelphia. And, And not only did they create it, but they did so under terrible threat of danger because the Nat Turner Rebellion had just happened. And in retribution, I mean, it's amazing how America never sees what it's doing as a problem. So the problem wasn't the enslavement of what Du Bois called 100 million African lives contaminated by slavery and the legacies of slavery. That wasn't a problem. The problem was that you dared to fight back. And so they were being threatened. They had, they put all these laws out uh, where if, if um, sundown laws in some towns, where if you were in the town out of, well, there was a per- perpetual curfew, but if you were in a town after sundown, you could be arrested and sold into slavery. I mean, this was the most hunkering, bestial, bloodthirsty, disgusting manifestation of one of of a, of a country and its power. It is it is the ultimate human rights violation happened right here. And whenever I make that point, you know, we often say slavery was America's original sin. I personally can't accept that because with all that was done to us, my goodness, I cannot ignore what was done to indigenous peoples. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you, you thought know, if you thought slavery was the bottom here, look again because there's another bottom here. There's there's yeah. a there's a deeper bottom. Yes, indeed. Yes, you indeed. You know, and and we as black people would not be honest to ourselves if we did not acknowledge what was done to them. Um, So I knew that I wanted to do something healing and thinking about the idea that these African-American women who were barely allowed in Philadelphia to read and write Mm -hmm. came together in September of 1831, wrote their own constitution published it in the abolitionist newspaper, The Liberator, which is how I found it, and began to have what they called their weekly mental feasts. And they talked about the need for these mental feasts to feed their minds and their souls in the midst of all that was going on around them. And they were courageous enough to come out, to go to each other's houses, and have these meetings. And so in their honor, 
and remembrance, I said, oh yes, a book club is what we need. And the last point I wanna make about those book clubs, those book, that book club idea spread straight up the coast to New York, Boston, even Hartford, Providence, it, or I didn't quite do it geographically, but it spread up the coast. Wow. And from that comes the network of Black women's underground railroad sales, mm. spiriting, because most of the free people of color had relatives still enslaved. So spiriting others to freedom. And, um, you know, <laughs> that then organizing leads directly step by step by step. We would not have Michelle Obama, Stacey Abrams, and Kamala Harris were it not for what those women did in September 1831 wow. and how it has kept going. You know, that is that is amazing. Janice, you are remarkable, my dear. I'm going to have to have you back again, back again. And I'm going to come and visit you on your turf. Yes, sometime soon. we're going yeah. to do that. We're going. And so <laughs> may I say one quick thing before yeah. we go? Yeah. You mentioned that you're a musician. I am. What's your instrument? I play the bass. Oh, I was raised as a pianist uh -huh. and my husband was a musician uh-huh yeah he we got was... like the jackson five you got a you got an idea stirring in your head right now i can see it i can see the wheels spinning <laughs> well i was de debating whether or not to say the name but my husband was max roach you know now that's a whole see we will definitely you you will be back because i have a story about max that i will share with you oh, and, and okay with max roach um but yes it has been a pleasure and an honor my dear to have you here today and we are going to wrap this program up here real soon but uh today we are we are talking about black women and what did I, what is our title? Black women and self-care. Self knowing our power, knowing our strength, taking time for our healing. That is, you know, that's what we're talking about today with Dr. Janice Adams. And she will be back here, folks. So have no fear. Uh, com. Check her out. Thank you for being with us today. We will see you here next week. Ta-ta. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week. Here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.